Ivan Tejeda. How are you doing, brother? How you doing, man? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you on. So for the people that don't know, Ivan is our new Airbnb and Airbnb arbitrage coach at Wealthy Investor. And I wanted to have you on to make sure that you actually know what you're talking about. So let's let's see how it goes. So (laughs) I guess quick highlights. How many Airbnbs do you have right now? Right now I have uh, 17 listings in Charlotte. You have 17 Airbnbs. Yep. Damn, that's a lot. Okay. (laughs) And then um, are those all arbitrage or do you own any of them? I own one of them and then the rest are arbitrage. Okay. So you own one and one, uh, you own most of them arbitrage and then you actually own one of those properties. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So I want to try to expose Airbnb arbitrage because honestly, I'm not sold on it. I don't know if it's legit. Do people actually make money? Yeah. So I guess really quickly, what is Airbnb arbitrage? So in a nutshell, the simplest form to say is like basically instead of buying a property, you're going out and renting a property, getting permission from the landlord to uh-huh. be able to list it on platforms such as Airbnb, uh-huh. VRBO, whatever, and then uh, making a profit. So you're getting a product that is you know vacant, obviously. You furnish uh-huh. it, you enhance it, make it better, uh-huh. and then you list it for a profit. So the best way I like to think of it is you're buying big blocks of time. Yeah. Right. 12 month lease for the most part. Uh-huh. And then you're selling smaller blocks of time. Got it. F- with an enhanced product furnished. Yeah. And then you're making a profit. Got it. So it's pretty much like you're running an Airbnb business, but instead of buying the property, you're renting it. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. How would you make money if you still have to pay your rent and furnish it? Mm-hmm. To me, it, it sounds like you would lose money the first year. No, not even. I mean, uh, for example, to start a property there in Charlotte, where when I got started, it was and probably still the same now. It's it'll cost me about five grand to start it, furnish it, first month a deposit or whatnot. That's total. Total. Inclu- so five grand from- to furnish it, to f- get the lease. Yep. Utilities, everything. Yep. No way. Yep. Yep. No, is so, that pre-inflation? Because I no. feel like that number. No. Be right now, higher. let's call it six thousand. So I usually say, depending on where you're at, of course. Yeah. You know, rent matters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But five to seven thousand dollars, it'll get you a one bedroom or a studio apartment. Okay. And um, that obviously, I'm not talking single family homes. That's yeah, a different yeah. ball game, right? Yeah. But I have a student in uh, Miami, uh-huh. which is obviously not cheap yeah. <laughs> to live in. Yeah. He started his first Airbnb with six grand. Okay. And killed it. First three months, he did 25 grand. 25 grand in profit? Yep. Okay. Well, not profit, uh, revenue. Gross revenue. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about your specific strategy. So it sounds like you're really aiming for like smaller properties. Is that right? 100%. Yeah. Okay. So why not go after like the mansions and like the, the huge you know, mansions on the beach? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I've actually thought about a lot because the reality is that each property type has its pros and cons, right? Uh-huh. One of the, the cons of a larger property is the lead time. You know, uh-huh. it takes a lot more people to make a decision in order to get a, you know, a book, a, a big home, right? That's oh, really? usually someone who's booking a larger home is usually traveling with family or, you know, they're doing a vacation. It's more organized, right? Yeah. Like imagine you and I and your wife and my wife, we're uh-huh. planning a trip. We're going to yeah. consult and go back and forth. It's going to take a process for it to... So the lead time, people are booking further out. Um, and then, you know, obviously maintenance-wise, all these things, it becomes a little bit more yeah. uh, tedious. 
for me, when it comes to how I look at my business, I'm, I'm aiming more towards working travelers, travel nurses, people that are making a decision today to book. Oh, right. Okay. So it's more, much quicker. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, I, I also cater towards having my properties that are smaller and in, in the same location, ideally, so that my cleaning logistics is a lot more smooth of a process. Ah. Right. So we'll have, for example, in one building, uh-huh. nine units uh-huh. and then in the building across another nine units, let's call it. Yeah. And then one of those buildings has a storage unit where we mm-hmm. where our cleaners go and they grab their little cart and it operates pretty much like a hotel. Got it. You know, so that's, you know, that's my, my deal. Okay. So let's go over the numbers on like your typical deal. Okay. So, so in essence, like five grand for me over there in Charlotte, not crazy expensive over there. So five grand to get started. And then I'm averaging at about $2,600 a month of revenue. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, expenses is about 1500 Okay. All in kind of thing yeah. per door. Uh-huh. So I'm net profiting about a thousand, eleven hundred, depending uh-huh. how many cleanings in between per door, right? Got it. Okay, so it takes you about five to six months to make your your investment, investment back. back. Okay, right. and then are you trying to get them to sign a multi-year lease, or are you usually aiming for one year? If they, yeah, no, I'm I'm all for multi-year. If they offer it, a lot of people don't over there. A lot of management companies is what I deal with. Management yeah. companies versus like landlords yeah. since I, I'm mainly in apartment communities. Oh, okay. So usually they cap me out at 15 months. So yeah. I take whatever is the most. Got right? it. Because the thing is that, and, and you know, I also want to share the, the cons of doing rental arbitrage, right? I don't want to yeah. just sugarcoat it. Like this is yeah. what everybody should do. Like one of the cons is the fact that, you know, once your lease ends, they could decide not to renew you. You know, oh, okay. if you were bad and you didn't, you know, run a tight ship, yeah. they can say, listen, Ivan, or Brian, I'm not going to renew you next year. So, you know, make sure that you find somewhere else to go or whatever. Yeah. So that's one of the things. And um, one of the things why, why I d- decided to partner with you guys and Wealthy mm-hmm. Investor and Ryan mm-hmm. and all of that is because I treated it as my entry point to the real estate game. Yeah. Right. It wasn't the end all be all. I know there's people that are doing rental arbitrage that are crushing it. They have over 100 doors and all of that. And, you know, that's good. Yeah. But my how I see it is how I intentionally, you know, started it was let me get my foot in the door in yeah. real estate somehow Yeah. with the end goal being buying properties later on. And that's where we're at now. Like, let me accumulate enough mm-hmm. cash and be able to, you know, pay for, for properties that I can actually buy and still do re- uh, rentals for short term. So I think, I still think that regardless whether you buy or rent or whatever, that's yeah. the most cash flow you're going to get. I mean, you, you know, yeah. how much, how much money do you make right now mm-hmm. a month? With your Airbnbs. So we're averaging about 45 grand a month in revenue. In revenue? And yeah. then how much is usually take home? So we, we're, we're a per, last year, we, this one that was just passed, we finished at like about 50% margin. So, okay, that's really good. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about owning Airbnbs. Why, why didn't you go out and like, buy a bunch of Airbnbs instead of doing, you know, Airbnb arbitrage? So I would say it's twofold because number one, I didn't know that I could go out and actually get properties without any money. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's something that I've learned as of recently where associating myself with you guys and following Uh you guys and Uh the possibilities are there to be able to raise money and all of that. But at the same time, I didn't really have people that I could say, or I didn't have myself a track record where I can tell, you know, friends and family, Hey, 
I know what I'm doing. Give me some money. Yeah. We're going to get some properties. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Now I can raise a ton of money, right? Because right. I have a track record. People yeah. are willing and wait and waiting for me to say, hey, I, I got this venture. Let's do it. But yeah. it's completely different, right? 100%. So that's the reason why. I didn't go into buying Airbnbs right away because I didn't have the money uh, in yeah. that sense. I was well off in the sense like living very comfortably, you mm -hmm. know, just the wife and I, all of these things. But again, it was for me a starting point into real estate investing, even though technically arbitrage is not investing. Yeah, it um, is because you're making a 5K but, investment. Right, yeah. right. But the gurus in real estate space, like Ryan will tell you, it's not really investing. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're doing five, you're buying furniture. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. technically, yes, you're absolutely right. You, you're, you're still investing something. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I'm not getting appreciation, tax benefits from all you know, yeah. the, the properties that I'm renting, right? 100%. Um, so that's now the game plan to to be able to take advantage, especially the 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 tax benefits of real estate is where it's at, man. That's yeah. what has me really like. You need to start pushing buying. for it. What about so? Why wouldn't a homeowner just do Airbnb themselves. themselves instead of letting you do Airbnb arbitrage? That's awesome. That's a great question, man. It's one that I get a lot because it's true. Like people are like, why wouldn't you just do them themselves? Yeah. Why do I have to let someone else benefit from? my property. Yeah. And the reality is, man, that a lot of landlords don't want to deal with the day-to-day -day operations of a regular traditional rental okay. that doesn't require even, it requires maybe one fifth of the demand of a short-term rental, right? Let yeah, alone, that, yeah. yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Like people who, who invest, like you yourself, yeah. you tell me, do you want to deal with people's like, Hey, I, you know, I left, somebody left a hair on the toilet, no. like, you know, send someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. So People don't want to deal with that. 100%. Landlords don't, at least. Yeah, you know? So to. my thing is that I make a lot of landlords' pains go away okay. by partnering with me. Yeah. Number one, they probably won't ever have to find another tenant, right? Yeah. Like I'm there for life, really, if the business is going well. Yeah. You know? If the business is if, going if it's, well. If yeah. it's going well. That's the caveat, right? Yeah. Um, but a regular tenant, you know, they'll leave next year. There's no real tie, right? Yeah. So... As long as I did my due diligence as a business owner and I'm coming to you as a landlord and I tell you, listen, um, you know, I'm transparent with, it's more of a partnership at yeah. that point. It's not a tenant landlord relationship. Yeah. It's more of a partnership. That's how I speak when I talk to them and okay. I let them know. Okay. This is, this is more of a venture, a business venture. Yeah. I'm going to pay you what you're asking for, for your rent. You know, I am going to make money off of it. I never, especially in the beginning, I never say Airbnb during my pitch because the moment I tell you, hey, I'm going to do Airbnb in your property, you're going to yeah. be like, you're not going to listen that? to anything else that I yeah, have to yeah, say. Yeah, no, you lost it's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> you're going to throw parties in my house. Yeah. It's going to be a wreck. But anyways, back to your point. That's one of the pain points. You know, never have to worry about another tenant. Second one is, you know, I'm going to have your property in for sale condition. It's my yeah. job depends on it. My business depends on it. So yeah. by that, I mean, I'm going to take care of your property like no other. Mm -hmm. nobody else is going to take better care of your property than yeah, me yeah. because my business, my money depends on it. So if the baseboards are looking crusty or whatever, mm -hmm. I'm either going to fix it myself depending on the agreement mm -hmm. or I'm going to let you know, hey, we need to make sure that this is good. So, you know, those are the top two pain points. There's more, but I don't want to, you know. Go into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm a seller. Uh -huh. Pitch me on why I should allow you to do Airbnb arbitrage. You're a seller like a, like a landlord? A landlord. Okay. A landlord. I'm a landlord. Yeah. Pitch me on why I should let you do Airbnb arbitrage on my property. So it would be pretty simple. I would just mainly ask you if you allow corporate housing. Uh, or I don't corporate, know what, corporate what is corporate leasing. housing. Corporate housing? So yeah. corporate housing is basically the business model that we follow. 
as you know, Airbnb arbitrage host is just a, a different version of it. So a corporate housing company is usually hired by, let's say, Coca-Cola or LG or whatever yeah. to find housing for their employees. Okay. So the model there, though, the difference is that the corporate housing companies will, after they got the client and they find out what they want, they'll go out and get the properties for the most part to yeah. fulfill that. Yeah. In our case, we do it a little different where we have the properties already. Yeah. And we're ready to host people, Got you know, or, or accommodate people. Got it. Um, so we never, whenever I'm pitching you. Yeah. So uh, as a landlord, I'll never say the word guest. I'll never say host. Those are things that are synonymous to Airbnb. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So my 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 goal is to explain exactly what we do without being shady, being fully transparent with you. Yeah. But without hinting at it being Airbnb for the sole reason <laughs> that you're yeah. not going to hear me out after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm still going to tell you we in fully intend to host or not host. We yeah. fully intend to house you know our clients, and it'll it'll be for months, weeks, even days sometimes at a time. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of sneak that in there. You know, so that the idea would be for you to feel comfortable with my business model. And I let you know, we're corporate housing, but we do things slightly differently. Okay. You know, and then that's where I share the difference of, you know, I have the properties, we invest heavily into design, we invest heavily into making sure that the properties are ready to go for when our clients come. Yeah. We have that competitive edge. We're ready to go right now. Yeah. Versus, you know, regular traditional corporate housing models. So I'll ask you if you accept corporate leases. For the most part, they'll say yes. Um, and so then you use your own lease. No, no, I oh, use your lease. That'll, that'll be a red flag, right? Got it. So a lot of people make that mistake of, you know, drafting their own lease or going on Google, drafting their own lease and taking yeah. it to the landlord and having them sign a lease. No, you're going to, you're going to lose them. It's like, that's a huge red flag. Like, yeah, you're not going to go through, you start reading. Why is this person giving me a, a agreement for yeah. me to sign? It should be the other way around. So 100%. I try to make it as smooth as, as possible of, of a process. Yeah. I dress up really sharp, like looking like a Fortune 500 employee. Also, right? you try to close them in person. Oh yeah. So the process is this: I'll locate, you know, I'll do my market research based on location that I want to be in, make sure mm. that it's profitable, all of those things, right? So yeah. then I'll start identifying different properties that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. I, I'll ask them if they accept corporate leases and if they're capped on corporate leases. So since I mainly cater towards communities, apartment communities, yeah. uh, or that's where I usually want to be in, I ask if they're capped because that basically means that they'll have a certain amount of units based upon or based on like a percentage wise yeah. of how many can be corporate. Got it. So I ask if they're capped so I don't waste my time. Yeah. Once they answer yes to both of those, then I schedule a tour and that's going to be my pitch in person while I'm doing the tour. Mm. Right. So that's when I do we're, we're let's say we're touring the pool, we're touring the the different amenities of the community, we're yeah. seeing different units. Yeah. yeah. Nonchalantly, I'm explaining my story, which is what yeah. I told you of how we're different from regular corporate uh housing companies. And yeah. that's when I finesse and do my thing. And everybody, by the way, will get literally the exact script that I use. Oh, okay. Um in the course and in the coaching and, and we're we'll role play all these different things. Yeah. So it's going to be super cool. But um, in a nutshell, that's when I do my whole pitch. And then at the end of the tour, I ask them for the lease agreement and I ask them to email it to me. I don't, I don't want the physical copy. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is that once I get it emailed, I can then reference our conversation. You know, I, get, I, I hit them up right away. So it's the story that I told them during the tour is mm-hmm. fresh in their mind. So I'll, I'll let them know, hey, listen, I see that clause 
seven and clause this kind of contradict our business model. I, I know we went through it, you know, in person, but I want to make sure that we're on the same page. You know, I, there's the advertising clause here. Obviously, I told you that we're, you know, obviously going to advertise yeah. our, our listing in order to get our clients. And, you know, that's usually, by the way, where you'll see, like, you can't advertise on Airbnb. You can't advertise on websites, blah, oh, blah, blah. Okay. So that advertising clause is a big one. And then there's the subletting clause, mm. which subletting is basically exactly what we would, we would be doing. So it is subleasing. So it's subleasing. Technically not because I'm going to be acquiring the leases or the, 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 my entity, my company is the one holding the leases. Mm. So by default, my company cannot occupy the apartment, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're subleasing is because an individual is the leaseholder. And you're subleasing it out to another individual. Got it. The difference with us is that my the company is leasing it. Yeah. So by default, you can assume or uh, establish an occupant because there's no way for, you know, my business to sleep there. Right. Yeah. So you're already so you kind of bypass that. But for the sake of clarity, I still notify them again via email mm -hmm. about the subletting clause and any other clause that conflict my business. Mm hmm. Then once I reply to that email, the intention is for them to see, say, if I did my job correctly, it's like, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's totally fine. I remember you telling me about that. Um, no worries there. Uh, we, you should be able to move forward or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And once I get that email, uh, that's it. I'm golden. I can celebrate. But do you make them take it out of the lease or no? No, that's a written waiver right there. Just oh. their response. That's why I do it through email. Got it. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So that's a, a binding document now when, since yeah. it's emailed to me. This is like a whole different thing. So <clears throat> I don't know if you know my whole story, but really quickly, uh, started off as a realtor, got into flipping houses, uh, then was wholesaling, then bought Airbnbs and long-term rentals. I never did Airbnb arbitrage. Mm -hmm. So just hearing like, these little like, you know, the lease and the emails, like I've never heard of it. It all yeah. makes sense because it's real estate is like very repetitive. Right. So like even with like the wholesaling things, some most sellers don't understand that you're actually wholesaling. Right. They think that you're buying it with a partner or something like mm. that. So it kind of coincides. Yeah. Way, right? Very, very similar. So what give me your Airbnb horror story. Horror story. Um, man, thank God, man. I haven't had haven't any had crazy. Any? No, I've had, but I wouldn't call them. I don't want to even call them horror stories. There was this one guy that he booked for one of our, our apartments and he just kept extending and extending. Right. Yeah. And, and it was weird. And this guy was, you know, he for sure suffered from alcoholism or something like that. And he um, he ended up extending like three weeks. So he, he only booked originally for like four days and yeah. then kept extending for three weeks. And the thing yeah. is that I'm not sure what happened that he had like a, a bad credit card. He had a gambling problem. So he had a bunch of issues that we found out after the fact. Yeah. He ended up passing out in, in the apartment. So when our cleaners <laughs> went in, he was laying on the ground. Like they didn't know if he was alive or dead oh, or wow. whatever. And okay. long story short, he had like broken his his knee or something like that. And he had been what? there for hours, like laying on the, like from the night before, just laying on the floor, yeah. not being able to get up. Yeah. And uh, luckily, you know, the place wasn't trashed or anything like that. But, you know, they finally, we, we had to call the ambulance. They came in, they took him and dealt with it. And long story short, it was like 
we haven't gotten paid for like he has a bad credit card on file. Oh. Now the that was a horror at that moment because I didn't know what that was the first time that's ever happened to me through Airbnb. Yeah. But the good thing about Airbnb is like technically speaking, the dynamic between us host, Airbnb, and the guest, our relationship is technically with Airbnb. They're the ones that are responsible for the guests. They make themselves very much the middleman. Yeah. You know, versus like like a VRBO, you it's more of a, you know. A to C, like it's you and the guest and you are transacting, they're just connecting the two. But with Airbnb, they take very much ownership of the guest. Yeah. So they're responsible for whatever they do. Yeah. So Airbnb ended up, you know, making sure that we got paid for it and all of that. But at the moment, it was pretty scary because oh, I'm yeah. like, dude, did I just lose on, I wouldn't have made rent, you yeah. know, because he he took a lot of the time really? of that month for, for that particular unit. You know, luckily, one of the things that I say is like, the bigger you are, and I'm sure that's the case also in, you know, when you're, you have real estate, you're buying, the, the bigger yeah. you are, the easier things are. Oh, hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. People would think the opposite. It's like, no. if you have a big portfolio, you know, it's going to be more work and all this. Like, no, not, no. not really. If one property is doing bad for us, the other, yeah. you know, dozen or whatever are going to supplement that and take, make sure that as a whole, it's still good. But um, I would say that would be one. And then there was another one where they just trashed the place. Like, it was no. it was bad in the sense of cleanliness. Yeah, like they didn't poke holes and all these things. But it was like literally like vomit on the balcony. That's nasty. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> nasty. And, and at that point, we'd have to hire like professional cleaners um, to to go out there and and make the place great because you yeah. know that's just another level of cleanliness. And yeah. back then they didn't have what's now air cover. Airbnb has air cover, which is a beefed up version of their insurance program. Yeah, and now you can. You know, that's something that we fought as hosts, as a host community for a while where uh. we need to get money for when things are out of hand when it comes to cleanliness. Like we need carpet cleaning and stuff like that. We need to be compensated for that, which uh. was tough back then. Got but it. now they, they, they've really, you know, dialed that in. How so, many years have you been doing this? Uh, four. Four years? Really? Yeah. Okay. Four. So why should someone do short-term rentals instead of long-term rentals? That's an awesome question. And I probably preface that that question with saying I probably will never do long-term rentals if I could avoid it. Okay. Like if I have to, sure. But um, the main reason is cash flow, man. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you, you would know. You, you'll make on long-term, maybe you'll cash flow 300 bucks a yeah. month at, if that's if a good deal. Lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, you know, you're something went bad. The pipes got bursted or something and there goes all of your cash flow, your profit. Yeah. Um, mainly just from a standalone profit, you know, money making, which is all what we're, that's what we want. Like sure, appreciation, all these things. But from a cash flow standpoint, uh, re- doing short-term rentals or even midterm rentals with just a little less that you make, it makes a lot more sense just to get the most out of your property. I think of it of as not leaving money on the table. Yeah. I somebody who tells me that they rent their property traditionally long term, in my eyes, I'm looking at they're leaving so much money on the table. Really? And it, I'm not, you know, judging them because a lot of people don't know, right? Yeah. That they can really make that much. They can literally four, or five, six X their 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 cash flow yeah. just by furnishing it, you know, investing yeah. a little bit more, making a better quality yeah. uh, uh, product yeah. for people to to uh, you know enjoy and at the end of the day of course it also comes with the additional management or or hiring people to do it but that's just on the front end like I'll tell you man if I've been doing this for four years and I have automated pretty much 95% of my business mm. and the rest I haven't automated because I don't want to I, I actually like doing the price strategy which a lot of people don't do themselves I doing that. yeah I love price strategy um, 
people, you know, will get price labs, wheelhouse, beyond pricing, which yeah. is like softwares that'll do the yeah, pricing. Price labs, yeah. There you go. You're leaving a lot of money on the table because I you're know using I am because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for yeah. someone, you know, a quick solution is great. But if you can learn price strategy, which literally takes me five to 10 minutes of my day, I'll grab mm -hmm. my coffee. I'll sit on my desk, I have my big screen, I'll see my calendars, my multi-calendar, which I can see all of my listings in one screen, all mm -hmm. of the pricing, where's there gaps that I can fill. I'll, I'll play what I call Airbnb Tetris and I'll move someone from this unit to the next unit so that I can you know, fill up my calendar. Mm. And that's how I was able to achieve last year, 2022, we ended up the year with 91% occupancy for, oh, wow. across all of our listings. You know, yeah. someone could leave it in the comments if, if you know anybody who does that. And that's without leaving money on the table because a lot of people will say, yeah, you did that. You're probably like shooting yourself in the foot. You're charging way too little. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I actually make it to where most of my, like my price strategy revolves around midterm rentals. That's what I want. Yeah. Midterm rentals. So I cater to um, working travelers, travel nurses. I want months at a time to be booked Yeah. versus just the small ones, right? So I leave my calendar. I price it in a way where I'm expensive unless you're booking more. Yeah. Uh, time. But, you know, from now to two weeks out, three weeks out, depending on the property, how big it is, I'll start to flash sale those nights yeah. so that I can fill in those little gaps. And at that point, only I'm only competitive with the market two weeks out, three weeks out. Got it. If you try to book one night a month or two from now, you're going to pay a, way more than my Premium. the people around me. 100%. Because, again, I don't want that one reservation to cancel out. Yeah. my bigger bookings, right? Got it. So that's how we're able to achieve, you know, and yeah. I think that's where I stand out uh, um, from other Airbnb, you know, gurus or yeah. whatever is my price strategy. Yeah. I want to talk about the Airbnb recession. I feel like Airbnb, Airbnb bust. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Airbnb was super hyped up the last two years. And now there's a bunch of people losing money on Airbnb People aren't making as much money as they thought. Mm -hmm. And I think the overall revenue for Airbnb hosts are down right now. Yeah. So that's what they're calling the Airbnb bust. And actually, I think I made, yeah, I made a video about it in my channel uh, a week or so ago. Mm. Uh, so I'll encourage everybody to go watch that. But um, air, the Airbnb bust is pretty much kind of like what happened during COVID in uh -huh. that, you know, people were losing their shirt, but back then it made sense. People weren't traveling, you know, you know, hosts weren't, you know, pivoting and changing yeah. their, their business model and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, versus now it kind of doesn't make sense. And it's, and I think it's an intern, it's not for certain. I haven't, you know, you know, called Airbnb to, to ask them, but it's more of an internal situation. I think it's more of an algorithm situation, um, that they're maybe adjusting certain things and there's a, we're in a transitional period. Mm -hmm. And I think that, hosts who were doing a mediocre job, like they were just getting by, they're not being pushed as much, right? By that, I mean, like, if you didn't respond on time, and if you, you had poor reviews, and yeah. you're really getting impacted now, whereas before, they were letting it just ride, they were letting it coast, and mm -hmm. they weren't giving priority to hosts like me, that I pay attention to, like, we, our response rate is out the roof, we've been super host, for ever since we started four years ago. We've never mm -hmm. not hit super host status, mm -hmm. which now is not as important as it was back then because everybody can do be a super host. But nonetheless, to Airbnb's SEO and algorithm and all of that, mm -hmm. it's very much, you know, important. Yeah. So I think that the people who are seeing a bigger hit or getting the biggest hit right now are probably the hosts that are not um 
that 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 could do better with their with their property Got making it. sure to keep it you know updated beautiful you know pictures that's the bread and butter it's kind of yeah. like youtube man if you don't have a nice thumbnail yeah uh, and a nice title you, you they won't click on it they won't look into it yeah. and it's very much the same with airbnb you yeah. need a nice you need professional pictures and you need a great title that'll give something to the person who's looking to book an incentive to click and then see more and then look into the host and see that you're good you know you have good reviews and so on yeah so i mean that's more so i think what's happening it's an internal thing for the airbnb bus and there's obviously ways around it just ma maximizing your listing go yeah. in there change your description make it more appealing like don't don't let it don't let it be transactional when somebody's reading the description it's more so like they want to like talk as if you're 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 allowing them to feel what they would feel if they were booking the yeah. property or if they were walking in the property, I think there's an intentionality there that I, a lot of people are not taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, man, just stay on top of your game. I think yeah. that'll, that'll work. And then change the business model. It's, we're, it's a business, right? So we have to just pivot. Yeah. In COVID, we had to pivot to locals. I didn't want to deal with locals. Um, I, now I don't either. Uh, I, I try to stray away from locals because locals are usually the ones that are going to party. They have friends around. They're yeah. going to be the more headaches. There's going to be shorter periods of uh, bookings. So, but during COVID, I had no option. I had to, okay, I have to go against everything I believe mm -hmm. to make sure that I am making money here. So I think that this is the time also where you need to start getting creative. Maybe yeah. partner with other people that are doing Airbnb experiences. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know what that is, but- no. Uh, Airbnb experiences like people who host experiences, right? So let's say here in Vegas, let's say there's an attraction that people love out here. You can have, you can be a host of an experience and maybe do a tour of Las Vegas and show people around. Or, oh, really? Yeah. So I, my wife and I do it pretty much anytime we go abroad. We did a Airbnb experience in Italy. We made pasta with the locals and, what you know, those, and they, you get a lot of money for that. So, mm you know, get creative, like think outside the box. If you're a host that's going through this Airbnb bust and yeah. you, you're you suffering, yeah. it's time to get creative. You can't just let it be. It's like, oh, it's happening to everybody. No, man, you got to yeah. put your big boy pants and your big girl pants on yeah. and make your, your, your business survive. 100%. I guess last thing I want to talk about is I guess the, the struggle of like running an Airbnb or Airbnb arbitrage business or or even just like the struggle of being an entrepreneur. So I know for me with with real estate flipping and all that stuff, it's super capital intensive. Mm -hmm. Like buying rentals, flipping houses, wholesaling, it's extremely capital intensive. It Wholesale, just wholesaling up. is also uh, if, capital at intensive? scale. Like oh, if okay. I want to go wholesale one house and go door knock by myself, sure. Yeah. Like you can Got do it. it with no money. Yeah. If you want to make a million dollars wholesaling, you're going to spend money. Okay. Ain't, ain't no way you're just cold calling, right. you know, hand dialing <laughs> free data and getting to a million dollars. It's just Got not going to happen. Got it. So for my struggle was always just capital. Because mm -hmm. even if you have a million dollars, which sounds like a lot of money, you flip ten houses that could that That's could literally be gone. Yeah, every house could suck up a hundred k quick. Dang. So <clears throat> that ha that has always been like the the headache with flipping houses. What's the the struggle with Airbnb and Airbnb arbitrage? Perfect. I mean, for me, especially in the beginning, the main setback and what probably prevented me from growing even faster was having reliable cleaners mm. reliable trustworthy 
um, you know, cleaners that you can count on to be able to scale. Yeah. That was my biggest fear. That was my biggest bottleneck yeah. by far. Um, now, luckily, we have an amazing team and now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling motivated to be able to grow much faster. But um, that was really it, man. The, the cleaners are the bread and butter of your Airbnb business just mm. because they're the frontline people. And when you hire, when I, when we hire cleaners, they're not just cleaners. They're people who are making sure that things are not broken. Yeah. They're the first, they're the first to see, you know, damage or the first to see everything. Yeah. So we definitely compensate them more than just for cleaning. Yeah. And when we let them know that, that you're not just cleaners, sure. That's the main thing that you're going to do, but there's other things that you will also be responsible for yeah. um, working with us. We hire them internally, like in-house. I don't hire a cleaning company yeah. for multiple reasons, yeah. you know, um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cheaper that way. You know, they're dedicated to me. I can pay them per hour if I want to, instead of, you know, per cleaning. So mm. I'll, I'll save a lot of money there after rent. Cleaning is the most expensive part of running this business. Mm. So I think cleaning, uh, the cleaning flow, the cleaning process, the cleaning people, that was the main, the main thing. Got uh, it. That that's what will make or break you as a business. That's of course I can go hire a company, but they'll charge me an arm and a leg. Yeah. Um, they could be more reliable. So it's kind of like a trade-off, right? Yeah. Where if you're if you're okay spending more money, which a lot of people have no other option when they're starting off because you don't have enough uh, properties to to give someone a full time or you know part time job or whatever. Yeah, you do have to go the the, the company route mm -hmm. to be able to get it done. But the idea for anybody who starts Airbnb is that you should work up to have enough units to be able to hire someone internally. Got it. All right. So if people want to find you, where's the best place to reach you? That'll be Instagram. I'm there, there the most. Ivan Tejeda dot co mm -hmm. and um, T E J E D uh -huh. D A Tejeda.co. and um, that's pretty much where I live, man. It, it's it's where I DM I get DMs all the times, and we interact, and I love it. And then of course we're gonna be now with uh, teaming up with Wealthy, Wealthy Investor, Investor, and yep. we're gonna have a Facebook group for those that are gonna be part of it, and all there of that. So that's gonna be exciting. But I would say Instagram would be, and then I have, I have my YouTube channel as well, which is at Ivan Tejeda. Beautiful. All right, guys. So if you're interested in learning more about Airbnb or Airbnb arbitrage, you can go to wealthyinvestor.com. Peace.